Hello and welcome to episode 196 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man that said Michael Clark modelled his love life on Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Next up is the man who invented the cheeky Nandos. Welcome, David. Hello, dickheads. <laughs> Next up is the ballerine's answer to Steve Smith because he started off as a leggy and now he's a run-making machine and a mercenary. Welcome, Alex. Hello, everyone. It's all about cashola. Yeah. Um, always be selling. Yours is always be taking coin. Yep. Almighty dollar. <laughs> it rules everyone in this capitalist society. Uh, Mick. I uh, did notice during the week that uh, Michael Clark has a new girlfriend, Orkling. Oh, well, he's doing better than me then. Maybe I have to change my intro. Looks exactly like every other girlfriend, yeah. Orkling, he's ever had. So he's definitely got a tight Michael Clark. Yeah. He would have survived in um, World War II Germany, judging by the type of woman <laughs> yeah, he likes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and he would also, have. Also, the SS logo tattered on his wrist somehow. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, is the man voted most likely to accompany Slim Dusty to the town and country pizza joint. Welcome, Roscoe. <laughs> I thank you, Nick. Very appropriate. And uh, Alex, how was your iPod shuffle night the other, on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, it's bloody good. Went off without a hitch. Uh, apart from me playing the same five songs over and over again accidentally. So that was good. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, it's just... The line about that you're going to go play at the Christian Grove and as you drove past their clubhouse, you'll be seen there having an iPod shuffle night. was very funny. It's nothing better. Buy your songs. If you've got more money, you get more songs in this capitalist society. <laughs> the Bernie Delaney method. The more entries you have, the more likely you are to win. So. You can put yep. that in, in a different way to what's usually meant. You can put that envelope back over the bar. <laughs> 500 songs, please. Yeah. <laughs> Mick, I know this isn't on the run there, Mick, but um, good to see you fuckers on the weekend. It's been a while yeah. since we've seen you people in person. It was good yes. to catch up. Yeah. We got a promo photo, speaking of um, catching up in person. We got a promo photo of it. We've just got a time capture a little bit, Mick, so don't go hitting the socials with it too hard immediately. <laughs> but we did a bit of um, two for 200, and we got that out there. So, like, I don't want to speak was. too much about it, but, yeah, it'll be on socials, like, you know, in within 20 days from now. We'll probably yeah, so realize- for those... For those playing at home, the four of us caught up over the weekend. We went down to the ballerine for the um, signing party for the great announcement that Alexander Mann will be <laughs> signing with the Ocean Grove Cricket Club. And he had this big soiree at a local um, local craft beer joint to announce. To, it was a bit like um, LeBron and the decision. Like, he had all these caps in front of him. And he picked up the Ocean Grove one and popped it on and goes, I'm taking my talents to Ocean Grove Beach. and Brothers, baby. Beer. Is what I said. Oh, it's a, bit, it's a bit like a gender reveal, but it was a, it was a mercenary reveal. Pop the giant balloon and the right coloured confetti flew out and that, of it. Yeah, confetti the colour of the hats they wear. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a pair of plaids. <laughs> in a team colours. All right, so welcome one Lord Frederick Hubsock coming to the studio. This is a Tai Chi production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. So as we know, there hasn't been too much going on in the world of cricket in the last fortnight, so we've got a few things to talk about, and we'll probably talk a great lot of shit as well. But um, 
the biggest news probably doing the rounds in all of like cricket worldwide in the last probably week and a half is the news that um, there's rumours swirling, swirling rapidly around young Jake Fraser McGurk and the double life he's been leading. So whilst on the outside, he appears to be a strong, competent, confident epitome of masculinity, and that's a Victorian cricketer. Deep down inside, he's a cowardly West End drinking scumbag, which is also known as a South Australian cricketer. So the rumour in the rumour is uh, Fraser McGurk has decided it's too hard to earn a um, to earn his spot in the Victorian side, so he's going to go to South Australia where it's a lot easier. Hence, um, you've seen it thanks to the guys like Jake Lehman and the other Agar and all these other people that just wander over there and get a game without really doing much. So um, Lloyd Pope, he got a game. Yeah, Lloyd Pope. Yes, Roscoe. Yes, Barry got offered a. This is all rumor. Uh, he got offered a rookie contract at Victoria because he's averaging eighteen, and he decided to decline that and go for the full contract at the Saka. And what they're actually doing is, and we all know that um, Dave Hussey did a big uh, look see into <laughs> what was they give it fancy names like review. I call it a look see. Yeah, into. <laughs> You know what was going on at the second, and he oh, said, "Looky Lou, <laughs> yeah, I got my eye on you." They, he said, they've got to recruit blokes age was it twenty four to twenty eight from other states. That was how they were going to get better. And they um, said they get what a twenty year old that averages eighteen. Yeah, that's it. But they've actually taken a step further now, and they've got in blokes like McAndrew and McSweeney and um, Minetti and. Um, Doggett, Doggett's back's already. McDoggett. So he hasn't been, McDoggett, he hasn't been as good. Uh, McManetti has been all right, though, and McAndrew <laughs> and McSweeney. Or is he just Nate Sweeney? I don't know. Yeah, McSweeney, they're all mucks. Anyway, um, so they've seen how good they are, and they're thinking, well, they're our best players now. So the weak link in our teams are those born and bred in South Australia. So if we get rid of all of them. Oh, I said that. Yeah, then we'll have a good team. It's what Tassie been working on for years. Yeah. Haven't quite got there. It's how the Australia done before with Siddons and Lehman and all yeah. those boys taking well, Victoria that won a shield. And... Mm. and with that quest of um, making their whole team non-South Australians, I wish them all the very best of luck. Me too. I wish I them more all the keepers. Best. More wicket keepers. Go down the Tassie mould. I think... I think they could end up with the only player in their team who is South Australian being Harry Nielsen, the wicketkeeper, because his dad's something yeah, works there. Nepotism, fucking nepotism. Yeah, that's it. But it's an interesting one. Like, I get, like, okay, the money aspect of the contract now for Fraser McGurk, but you're a young fellow that the only thing anyone remembers about is you took a hanger in the BBL. Like, you've never done anything else that, like, Makes people like there's clearly potential there, but you know, potentially they get you so far, mate. Well, I heard what got him over the line to Saka was they said they'd bowl him more. So. Ah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he likes to bowl full bung leggies. So Queensland yeah. were in the running because they need someone to help Swepson yeah. out, but then that's yeah. straight pipped him. Yeah, it's I like heard, when they um, pick a bowler and they say, Yeah, we brought him in to strengthen our batting at eight and nine. Yeah, I heard he, um. Couldn't quite get his hands on enough Farmers Union in Victoria, so uh, had had to head on over. Yeah, massive Snowtop fan. Uh, <laughs> Not Snow uh, Town. A huge fan of that too. Loves a loves a true crime documentary. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's a secret serial killer. Just and he needs to go somewhere else. 
fly under the radar even more. More of a natural habitat being one of them in South Australia. Because, you know, it's not like being a fucking state cricketer allows you to fly under the radar. Like, everyone knows who they are. Oh, I know. <laughs> what, it, what it was, Mick, actually, with, with so much interest in state cricket in Victoria, you just want to get out of the bubble. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah that's the right. best way no to do it. No one knows it's, him in Rundle Wall. Yeah, to go somewhere where they don't take that state cricket as seriously. As yeah. seriously, yeah. yeah. He's, had to, yeah. he's had to get up at 3am to drive his Honda Jazz around. So it's like... <laughs> Just like Ted Dorker in his Lambo. <laughs> he used to go driving at two in the morning. Yeah, the hatch is kebabs at 3 a.m. It's the only time he can get there. The only time he can get some takeaway eats. Three o'clock at the kebab shop. Unlucky, yeah. Put sort of Groucho Marx mask just to go through the drive through Otherwise, he's there for ages, signing bloody <laughs> back his tickets. It's my work again. I don't know. In all seriousness, I'd like to wish, wish um, young Fraser McGurk all the best, but I'd be fucking lying, so fuck the can't. Yes, Ross? Now, uh, another little rumour that's coming out about state cricket contracts, just hot off the back of the McGurk news, two days later, they're drip-feeding us. It's so exciting. Just, you know, one story every second day. Word is that um, John Holland wouldn't be off a contract to Victoria. Oh. It's upsetting, we? but we do have a couple of speeders ahead of him now. So, yeah. well, I mean, they inevitably fuck off and play two matches and nothing else. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> in the CAC, permanent taxi members. Yeah, go to the taxi, go over to India, just bowl the nets for six weeks. Ruin their shoulders <laughs> and fingers, never the same again. Yeah. Really. John Holland might just go back down to the second 11 comp and move to Canberra and just be a comet for the rest of his days and just dominate. So. It's an option. Probably yep. earn a lot more playing local cricket, but I don't. I don't think he's going to go to Copeland style and get on the TV coverage. That's for sure. <laughs> you think as Trent Copeland's as low as TV looks? Yeah. Good. yeah. The uh, thing with that Nick, is the other big bit of sizzle is um, those state squads. By these little drip feeding bits of info we're getting, it's hinting that state squads might be out in time for our next podcast, so that's exciting for everyone. Or three-hour bumper episode. Yeah, really. How can you not get excited about a fucking bunch of blokes you don't know? You yeah. fucking beauty. Yeah. Just reading out of names, just no yeah. numbers. Unless you do this, what they've got read squad out. Numbers. First in the squad is Travis <laughs> Head. Second in the squad, Alex yeah. Number seven Bear in the Harry. squad, but number one in your hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan McSweeney. <laughs> Does a postman <laughs> celebrate when he drops off a letter? No, we don't celebrate when we have test squads or no. state squads, do we? Uh, I just, I, I'm hoping also that about the same time the Ranji Trophy squads will drop, so I can read out all 36 of them. Oh <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, yeah. squads of hundred over there. I don't know how many teams are having Ranji Trophy. Anyway, the thing that um, I know, we'll just go, we'll go around the um, around the Zoom call and um, just you can say, give you some think time by padding here. Just to which player you're most interested to seeing how their career progresses from the squad announcements. So I'll start off because we all know Billy Stanley. You might have forgotten he moved to Tassie. <laughs> but was injured basically the whole time because he had a little stint, uh, what was planned to be a short stint in county cricket and turned out to be an even shorter stint in county cricket. One game uh, two years ago because he got a hot spot and bowled through <laughs> the pain of the hot spot and cooked his back <laughs> on this day two years ago, basically. I think and the most he, shocking thing out of that is he still managed to get that weird INC fucking supplement commercial fucking gig. Where he's oh, on, that's on right. On that ad with, that, with Matt Rowell, who's got the fucking personality of a cabbage. 
<laughs> yep, two absolute. So you, know. you, you might have forgotten that ben, Billy Stanley's at Tasmania, so I'll be interested to see if he gets another contract at Tasmania or if he ends That's up at another That's why they're clearing out Sid so they can give all his money to Billy Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Salary cap issues yeah. down the Apple Isle. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Look really I'll go. Lloyd Pope, oh. of course. We'll see what he's up to. Maybe he'll come to, you know, do just a like-for-like swap in McGurk Pope, come to Victoria. We're getting rid of John Holland, so you got to replace, oh, the, replace the spinner with a spinner. So, yes, Lloyd Pope is If McGurk was averaging what Pope averages with the ball, if McGurk could average that with the bat, that'd be a good pick-up for us. Yeah, I think he might be Pope the greatest could... Australian cricketer of all time. <laughs> if Pope could average 18 with the ball. Yeah, you're going all right. Um, I'm well, a bit close to the home because you know that's all I care about. I'm very interested to see what they do with Pukowski because they're still um, like he seems to be very up in the air. I think they'll still offer him some form of contract because they don't want to like him to disappear at all. But it's he's getting to the point where it's almost like, what do you do with him? Like, so. yeah, I think he could be out of professional sport within uh, yeah. another 12 months. Yeah. Unfortunately, David. I'm interested to see how Chris Rogers goes. Um, our man Alex sacked him at the start of last yeah. season. Then so he's sacked after final. The, of the final too, the Shield final. Lost it, so sack really, him. Really interested to see what sort of year we're going to have of commentary, mainly from Alex, about <laughs> Chris Rogers. That's what keeps me interested in coaching at the state level. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. In the windy city, question, Ross. Ross? Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. That's Sam Randy Goose. I took that photo. I've never done this before. <laughs> best to start halfway through a podcast. Is what <laughs> Just so to distract everyone. The visual thing gets mentioned on this audio medium. So Ask oh, everyone a random out-of-the-box question and then derail all their answers towards the end. Perfect. It hasn't been a boring podcast yet either, and he's still doing this shit. Oh, there's also 38 teams in the Ranji Trophy. Oh, well, well. Geez, that, was that was just a guess. So they all play each other three times, I'm guessing. <laughs> Baseball style. And I'm yeah. guessing that the uh, West Mumbai Roosters are the fucking worst one. Yeah, salad dwellers. <laughs> Their reserves always get flogged year in, year out. Never a successful reserve style. Uh, all righty. Um, so from that talk, we'll talk a little bit. Talking of... um. I don't know. What? No, talking, talking of bad it. segues, let's go to Alex for Around the Grounds. All right, Around the Grounds with Alex. Um, uh, the the podcast Bobman's probably us um, or Henstock can maybe tell me if I've already done it Around the Grounds on this ground, but I don't think I have. The Basin Reserve in Wellington, New Zealand. Now, um, it was sort of top of the minds because they had the world's greatest game of cricket that's ever been played ever recently um, against England in the Test match. Um, But the Basin Reserve, officially known as the Cello Basin Reserve, uh, for sponsorship reasons. Um, And it's also commonly referred to as just the Basin. Uh, Wellington has been used for Test matches, main home ground for the Wellington Firebirds first class team. And the Basin Reserve is the only cricket ground in New Zealand to have New Zealand historic place status. And it's Category 2 status, mind you guys. Yeah, stuff bit, shit, Category 1. Yep, bit la-di-da. Um, or Category 3 for that batter ball. Whichever way it goes, yep. Yep. 
Um, I think it's like cyclones. So category five is the best. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Or, cool. or maybe it's category five is the worst because you know. So the count up, not down. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll continue. Um, it's the oldest test cricket ground in the country. The ground has been used for um, events other than cricket, such as concerts, sports events, and other social gatherings. And they currently have other social gatherings occurring in this venue. Uh, right up until now, which I find quite interesting, we'll get into later. Any interesting concerts happened there, Al, in your research? Uh, I'm not sure about concerts, but they had the Highland Games held there a very, very long time ago. Oh, which no, one of the, the legs in the one? Highland Games was a dancing, so that literally had a dance off. What are they called? Cabotos? Cabotos, yeah. Well, I don't think it is. I think it was just called the Highland Games because, I don't know, it's New Zealand and it's near mountains. But we'll get to that later. New Zealand Cricket Museum is also located in the old grandstand. It has a cricket memorabilia and a reference library, Ross. You'd be really interested in that. I think they use the Dewey Decimal System. It opened in 1987, this New Zealand Cricket Museum, and it was relaunched in 2021 for some reason. I won't go into why, because it didn't have it on Wikipedia. Surely that fits in like a cupboard off to the side somewhere. Yeah, it's just um, cigarette butts, I think. Like one of Richard Hadley's fucking shoes and that's it. And, and the world's smallest mouth guard, which is Trent Bolt's mouth guard. And the um the name tag of the bloke that Brendan McCullum couldn't remember. <laughs> White outed out the name. <laughs> All right, capacity of eleven thousand six hundred. Huge. Oh, um, we need to guess the end names now, as is customary in my segment. Uh, so guys, no. Um, is there the broadcast end? No. Mm-hmm. Pavilion end. Uh, there is a scoreboard end and a Vance stand end. Oh, oh. I was going to guess. I was going to guess them. Joy. That's yeah. it. That must have been a good concert. And I was going to guess the night noodle market end because of the other <laughs> gatherings. There actually has been a noodle market at the Grand recently. They currently do it. So the Basin Reserve <laughs> is two kilometres south of the Wellington CBD, which means Central Business District Bull. At the foot of the mighty Mount Victoria, the southern face of the mighty Mount Victoria, the Basin Reserve is surrounded by numerous other Wellington landmarks, including Mount Cook Barracks, National War Museum, high schools and shit, the Caledonian Hotel, and the former Dominion Museum. No idea what that is. Uh, fun fact, the fire station is located across the street from the ground, and this is the ground which has that sort of circular roundabout that goes around the entire ground, so you, yeah. you remember that from footages. Yeah. As it has like a little pagoda thing in the – not pagoda, what do they call Pagola thing there, which I'll get into lately. Anyway, it was traditionally the occupants of the fire station would watch along watch ongoing matches during their downtime and would set off the station's siren to mark New Zealand wickets, <laughs> which is done very similar in Port Melbourne's uh, football ground, but they just bang dunny lids when they kick a goal. <laughs> so, Bin lids. I heard that fire <laughs> oh, yeah, station set off a siren in about 10 years. But yeah, yeah that, nice one, Mick. Good, nice, good addition Mick. to my uh, segment. Nice. The Basin Reserve is the intersection point of three suburbs, Mount Cook, Newton, and Mount Victoria. So now we'll go into a bit of a history around the ground. Please do. Yep, I will. The area that is now Basin Reserve <laughs> was originally a lake known as the Basin Lake, surprisingly. Ooh, the Basin Basin? Yes. Well, it's originally the, the town planner of Wellington 
was going to connect this lake to the ocean to make it a like docking for ships um and like a port yeah docking yep um uh and he just put aside the space and called it just basin so there you go which is where that name comes from what about the arrogance of man that you're just going to connect a lake to the ocean Fuck I know. Off, and and didn't mother gaia just shove it back in their face Rock with a massive a massive eight ranking or whatever it's called magnitude eight earthquake in 1855 yep. called the Wairarapa earthquake and it uplifted nearly 1.8 meters of the ground up. Jesus. so it semi-drained the lake and turned it into a swamp uh, and uh so the town planner hadn't put any aside any any sort of recreation facilities aside in the town. So people were sort of going out to fields to play cricket and stuff. And so local community groups and stuff um, said, "Well, we'll let's flatten out the swamp um, and play cricket on there." Which made a really really shit uh, swamp yep. cricket ground for a very long time in the eighteen hundreds. It'll do a bit early, as they say. <laughs> yes, in the seventeen hundreds. Is that eighteen seventeen hundreds? Where it starts with one eight? I don't know. Uh, anyway, the 18th century, the 1700s. Okay, so the 19th century is the 1800s. That's correct. Fuck, that's weird. All right. No, it's Number because day. you're in your first year before you turn one. Okay. Thank you, maths teacher. The Wellington account Council accepted the proposal from the community um, and they got prisoners from the Mount Cook Jail to begin to level and drain the new land. Um, it was draining in September. Fences and hedges were put up around it. Um, there was a huge population influx caused by the Parliament being situated in Wellington at the time. In 1866, had construction on the Basin Reserve. So it was shipped for a while, and then eventually they got enough money to get horses out to flatten it properly. Uh, on the 11th of January, 1868, the first game of cricket was played between the, the Wellington Volunteers and the crew of the HMS Falcon, Kakar. Uh, the ground had numerous stones and thistles on it, and the umpire apologised for the stones and thistles. So very funny what this, sort of tidbits about yeah, history get kept. This is like having to go and play out at uh, Lorimer, stones and thistles. Absolutely. Probably worse out there, get shot with slug guns and shit. Broken bottles. Yep, syringes. That's a good joke. So the original layout of the Basin Reserve was rectangular, large enough to fit two soccer fields. Um, oh, which like, meant... um, like at um, Sylvan Cricket Club, uh, soccer club. Yes, exactly yes, like true. at that ground. I know it very well. I know it fondly. I remember Sylvan fondly. Uh, Lord Sylvan, is that it? What's the oh, one? Cartridge. No idea, Cartridge man. is big enough for two soccer grounds. Yeah, it was yes. Loyal Sylvan was the crew. Loyal. Loyal? That's a funny sure, name. Loyal Sylvan. Royal Silver. Lord uh, Silver. Lord Silver. All right. It's not, not uncommon for several career club matches to be played at the same time on the Oval. Oh, so this is like the trotting track at Northland. Yes, it's the, the first ever time where person at deep square leg and deep point clashed heads both running through a ball. Uh, when they had larger crowds, like when the uh, Lily White's All England um, 11 visited in 1877, they only obviously had one ground in the thing because there were so many people down to watch. Um, the, it was a New Zealand holiday the day 
at Lily White's England 11 came. And six, six weeks after playing at the Basin, they played the first ever test match against Australia at the MCG. What are so we talking after about the first now? event, the Highland Games began to be held at the Basin Reserve. The events included athletics, racing, dancing, and later wood chopping and cycling. So Was no caber toss. Peter Siddle go? Uh, no, he didn't, but that other Tasmanian dude from Australia's great-great-granddad did. <laughs> Dave Foster. The big, I just can't remember. How do you remember a name like that? Dave Foster, the big guy with the mud guts. Yep. Yeah. He won a lot, a lot. I've looked him up to recently. Did you? Middle-aged man for some reason. Yeah. yeah. He, world titles. Was he there at the Sydney showgrounds? Just hook, What's that one where they hook into the standing up log? Uh, stand up, woodchopper. Oh, stand up, which I love that yeah. one. Just, yeah. yeah, they throw the blade into that. Yeah. Oh, they do, don't they? Put everything into it. I think it was too big to do that one, though. So we just stood on, on the log. The one where you stand over it. Yeah, that's called just stand over, Woodshop. Oh, really? No. And of course, they had the standard issue uh, footwear for Woodshop. Yeah. yeah. Still, still cat volleys. Oh, that was very good. And yes. white cricket pants. That's why it's yes. cricket. Cause white cricket like, pants and then whatever you want on top. Singlet. singlet Real usually. shit singlet. Fucking woolly pulley, whatever you want. Woolly pulley. Get the arms, yep. free the arms in a woolly pulley. So so these Highland Games, Ross, uh, were organised mm. by the Wellingtonian Caledonian Society. Ah, oh, they could have. The oh, my Godian. Michael Finnegan, Beginnigan at the Wellingtonian <laughs> Caledonian Society. Yeah, there's a song in that somewhere. Of which their headquarters, HQ and the old money, um, the Caledonian Hotel still stands towards the south of the mm. Basin Reserve. So the WCHQ is at the Cali Inn. Nice. Yep. Good on them. Yep. So there's prize money put up and shit and stuff happened. Really? <laughs> uh, what sort of what sort of um like did you win a week's wages for winning something at the Highland Games or more like a month's wages? Yeah. So it was oh, like a pound or something. Oh, yeah. What, so... Probably. So What's back in the day, you could buy a house for two pounds. So that was pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was and two there was weeks. Like stuff at the ground, you know. Yeah, stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, these Cal- these Wellingtonian Caledonians um, saved up enough money to build the first stand. Um, really, that, and that cost to three hundred pound oh sterling. Um, They'll hold food stalls, ground keepers. Um, however, in the following years, uh, reportedly in 1972, the Basin Reserve's ground is still extremely swampy. So Four that was that was it said food stalls. So that would have been the noodle market. Absolutely. Um, rule for one halfpenny. Ah, right. Thrifty yes. bit. Mm-hmm. Yum. In 1882, the William Wakefield Memorial, which is the sort of domed. A pagoda pagola thing that you can see at the ground um, yep. was erected. Um, what did ben, William Wakefield do? William Wakefield was one of the city's founders. Oh, hence the name Wakefieldton. Yes, hence the name William Wakefield oh. Memorial. Fucking hell. Mm, but they called the town Wellington. Yeah. Does this move forward at any point? It does. We're, we're very nearing cricket history, which is very near the nineties. Our speciality on this podcast: local, international, with a focus on cricket history. I think so far this is tracking second only to that Mackay McKay one, where we had to go through the dress code at the sports well, bistro or whatever. 
popping a bit of sizzle in there, Roscoe. So I have some conditions <laughs> of entry. <laughs> oh, I made you those signs that said no hats inside. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. The pavilion has been a Category 2 registered historic place since 1982. Um, and the entire Basin Reserve have been a registered historic area. And here we go, Ball, you're a Category 1 registration for the William Wakefield Memorial. Oh, thank you. Yes, the Basin Reserve is also reputedly to have been the place where the first game of rugby was ever played in the North Island. First game so was held blame. between the Wellington football team and the crew of the HMS Rosario. Ah, the Rosario. So they lost. The mm. sailors on the poop deck won by a single goal, apparently. The first first class game in Well uh, played in the ground was between Wellington against Auckland, played on thirtieth of November eighteen seventy three. Wellington won easily. The first test match was played at the ground was between New Zealand and England, beginning on twenty fourth of Jan nineteen thirty. Uh one day international cricket was played at the Basin Reserve until nineteen ninety nine, and then it moved to the Westpac Stadium on the other side of Wellington. Um it returned in one-off in 2005 to play against Australia for a one-day um, game. It is interesting that this smaller venue is the test venue and a bigger venue is a one-day venue. And it's weird that they separate that because we don't do that in Australia. Nah. Or anywhere else for that matter. No. Nah. Unless the place doesn't have lights, so maybe that's the reason. Could be. Mm. It's a concerning anyway. Uh, so a uh, big Match in 2011 was the Basin Reserve. At the Basin Reserve was to host Fill the Basin. Cricket an event to raise money for the Canterbury earthquake. Game was played in front of more than 10,000 people. That was the biggest crowd at the Basin Reserve in the modern era. Shane Warne played. Stephen Fleming, Tana Umaga, Richard Hadley, Martin Crow, um, All Blacks, Richie McCaw and Conrad Smith played in the game, as did Russell Crow and Anne McKellen. There you go. Oh, yeah. Ian McKellen would have been, I don't know, 75? Ma Magneto. Mm. <laughs> Magneto, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so more than 500,000 bucks was raised towards the relief efforts. Now, a few stats, everyone. Everyone's been waiting for it. Names and numbers coming up. Chris Martin Fuck is a yeah. leading wicket taker with 58 wickets at the ground. And that's not the Coldplay singer, it's the other one. Brendan McCullum has the highest test innings of 302 and it was at and at the time was the first black cat to pass 300 runs in a test. Highest test total set here Wonderful. in the cricket team was New Zealand when they scored 680 for eight declared in 2014 against India. Now we move to the current time. Yes. Uh, yes, a few quotes from Cricket Wellington's Chief Executive Officer Cam Mitchell here. Fuck his work. Base, the base, it isn't just for cricket. We have junior football and junior rugby for little kids in winter. We have food and wine festivals, including beers at the basin. We do conferences and events, and we even run blood banks there. Well, Probably the most spirit. used international sporting venue. Very big call. Uh, yeah, we really acknowledge and appreciate the council. Yeah, support both of the this. MCG, which has like four games of footy every fucking weekend. <laughs> I think maybe the most used by non-elite sport. Because to have well, like winter, what yeah, test any venue? New Zealand game there's non-elite. Like fucking <laughs> what? What test venue in the world would just be like? All oh, right, in winter, let's just have kids rugby and soccer on the ground. None. It's, it's just a, a different world over there, right? That's it. 
You're not going to just go, oh, SCG in winter, you know, just before the footy kicks off, we'll just chuck a whole pile of bloody, you know, under-11s local football We're in there. Barely, barely allowed to play a first-class game on it before the fucking footy starts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just yeah, stop. they have ice kick at every fucking AFL game. Yeah, true. The, um, hey, yeah, stop putting back well into the story, Mick, all right? Yeah. So, uh... Okay, here we go. The stuff here you've all go. been waiting for, especially Ross. Entry to the ground. What's required by people to get into the venue no. and what you're allowed to do while you're in the venue. No glass bottles. bottles. You'll love this too, Ross. Mm. loads of historical COVID rules on the well on the basic website. It's like, have, are people allowed to come to the venue? And I'm like, what the fuck are they asking that? And I'm like, ah, oh, this is updated, last updated 2020. <laughs> like, if you are an organisation like the um, Basin Reserve, surely you have someone who maintains your website. And isn't one of their jobs just to go delete irrelevant or out-of-date information? At least, you Absolutely. Know, they've they've got new news up there months. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. there's... New, yeah. they just haven't gone to their... Probably no one other than me goes to this part of the websites. What patrons are not allowed to bring in? Alcohol. Fireworks. Illicit drugs. Nuclear mm. oh, weapons. Yeah. Um, well, that's just the hard rock, sorry. Glass bottles or cans. So you can't even bring oh, in a what? Coke can. Oh. Commercially produced takeaway food, such as McDonald's, KFC, Subway, or pizza. What? Oh. So it, would you say a fish and chip shop is a commercial? Yes. Okay, so yeah, you're definitely. Sound amplifiers, including loud hailers, mover sailors, and air horns. I can get by well, on that. at home, Mick. Yeah. Um, recording devices for commercial purposes. So if you're just can't a hobbyist, you can go there and record. Yeah. You can't bring in your enormous TV film crew. Yeah. You know, Channel 7 news cameraman style. You can't walk that in. That's just... How do they film the game? Oh, I want to view the game in Betamax. How mm. do I... <laughs> Dogs or other pets, guide dogs are permitted. Flares, fireworks, laser pointers, knives or other dangerous weapons. Here's a big oh, one. Skateboards. I that, then. Skateboards, rollerblades, scooters or bicycles. Yoho Diablo's perfectly fine. <laughs> Flagpoles of more than one metre in length. Yes, that's a standard rule. Yeah. But Okay. Yeah, you can take have a 1.9 and then you use that to beat the shit out of people. What about you have a flag that's two metres in height, but the pole only goes to the bottom bit of the flag? <laughs> and there's there's loopholes everywhere. Rules are designed um, to be broken. Signs yeah. or banners that are obscene, offensive, or abusive. <laughs> Any, here's the catch-all. This is what the Mackay Sporting Club had to mm. Any other item that Basin Reserve Management determines that may cause injury or public nuisance or inconvenience to any other person. And then we're followed by Mick's doing a nice big stretch. I don't think he's falling yeah. asleep at all. Here's the kicker. Sofas or standard deck chair you're not allowed to bring in. Now, okay, that's a weird one to put in, but you are allowed to bring in collapsible short leg deck chairs. A low profile portable slash collapsible seat will be permitted at the ba- if the base of the seat is no higher than 300 millimeters from the crowd and no wider than 600 millimeters. Oh, what if you could... Anirondack chairs. 
So you remember how they used to have that thing to test how big bats were back in the day? I think the security guards that are doing COVID screening still at the gate have got a deck chair little thing where they put the ball through. They've got two rings. And if it passes through both of them, you're allowed to bring it into the place. Oh, God. Oh. You didn't mention if you could bring in your own barbecue or not. Did it have any mention uh, of barbecues? Well, if you're commercially making barbecue, then no. But I think you might be able to. So oh. you're you're allowed to have a soft-sided chili bag mm-hmm. uh, or a picnic basket, plastic bottles, 1.5 litre max. Our thermos mm-hmm. flasks are allowed. So general, you're not allowed to sit in aisles. Makes sense. Uh, some sporting things are active. Don't worry about that one. Clothing must conform to reasonable standards of decency. Oh, so you leave well. your assless chaps at home. Yes, it's very funny. If you want to, you should go to the Basin Reserve website and go to this part. Because oh, below all this is a picture of an absolute fuckwit looking guy wearing speed dealers and like a wizard's hat draped in an American, uh, American an English flag. And behind him, there's a guy dressed up in a dress. <laughs> and it's just like, you just put this random photo. Of and what, were they both allowed in? Or are they, they, suggesting were that they, they were in the ground. It's like old school, <laughs> like 90s speed dealers, like Oakley's. This guy's need to put a link up on our socials, Alex, so everyone can enjoy this. I will, I will. Yeah, themselves. Yeah. Uh, in their own time. Put it in, yeah, not on our time. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just start reading a line from a website, then go, oh, no, don't worry about that one. You're not meant to, you know, bring it you back. You could have, David, said that when we started the article. <laughs> oh, I don't read that one. All right, now. <laughs> The ultimate sizzle, what everyone's been waiting for, Google reviews. Some of the all-time great Google reviews. Overwhelmingly positive, and I didn't want to read those fucking ones. It's just like, how how great is this? Oh, the beer festival was sick. Noodle night market. Oh, full as a good five stars. <laughs> Robbie Williams was great. Yeah, no, we don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my favourite ones is when people don't understand the star system. From Here we go. From Philip. Beard, which is a fucking great name. Filthy Phil Beard. One star. Great night noodles market. Okay. Good work. Yeah. I don't think he quite Suck understand. shit noodle market. Get yeah. that up here. Um, Black Vanilla says, one star. Drunks during day, comma, thieves. <laughs> oh, it just leaves so much to the imagination. Yeah, I know. And there's a comma after thieves too. Maybe he died Ooh. or got stabbed in the back by one of the thieves as he was typing it in. Thieves behind me. Someone help. Okay. Ben <laughs> Thomas wrote, still suffering hypothermia. Loads of places to buy beer, but only one coffee cart with massive queues. The facilities oh. at this ground are pathetic. Come on, Ken. Um, Bryce K. I reckon What's Bryce just, got to say? Bryce got to say one star. It. I reckon he's a real fucking... Shit bloke to hang out with. Not worth keeping in Wellington. Destroy it so the traffic is better. Who <laughs> likes cricket anyway? That's good. That is good. Come on, Bryce. Uh, oh, there was a lot about how it's fucked up traffic, but it's been there for fucking three hundred years. Like, yeah. I, like I don't know. I don't understand it. It's and also Wellington's not that fucking big, right? There'd be four cars in the joint. Look, 400,000 people there, Max. I don't know. 
All right, here we go. And my favourite one from Ethan Davis, one star. My son on, was Ethan. beaten up here. <laughs> oh, the whole video oh, what is... My dad should give the MCG one star. Fucking hell. <laughs> I want to know what Ethan son did. I want to know what he did to get his head kicked in. Oh, there's two sides to every story, isn't there, Paul? <laughs> That's right, mate. Let's get Ethan's son on the podcast. Let's talk yeah. to him. And there's someone else underneath commenting on that. Your son got beat up because he kicked at me, mate, the low dog. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's just like, how is that a venue's problem? It's just one of the greatest reviews of all time. That is a good review. That is around the grounds for the basin. Oh, jeez. That'd be in my top ten, I reckon, guys. Well, I reckon you should just change that segment just to Google review of grounds around the world and we can get another 200 episodes out of that hey look i've been asked recently by some listeners are we winding up at 200 and i said maybe fuck i hope so if we've got google i don't have to listen to it um just to make alex feel better is what they're thinking <laughs> <laughs> all right over to you hostess with the mostess all right. Thank you, Alexander. So from here, we're going to move on to some international cricket. It's still going to talk a little bit of talk about grounds, actually, but we'll... Uh, but, oh, God. But, um, so, got my semi-rigid license at the moment. So we're going to talk a little bit about England and um, Stuart Broad in particular and some of his other fuckhead mates who have been gobbing off the media a bit lately. So um, <laughs> it's fair to say they've just been talking straight up fucking garbage. So the first point we're going to talk about that they've been prattling on about is uh, Stuart Broad's claim that 2019 Ashes don't count because of COVID restrictions. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Sun deep down inside of me says if they had a one, they might fucking count in his fucking opinion, but that's just what I see it as. But um, Yep. Their series wins over New Zealand, West Indies don't matter either, I guess. It. Anything happening COVID doesn't matter. So Brendan McCullum just fucking playing rugby doesn't matter. Like, nothing matters. It's like fucking... But no, nah, Stuart Broad can fuck off. Like, it's just, it's typical, it's the typical bullshit trying to rewrite fucking history, trying to rewrite the rules of engagement that, oh, this doesn't count now because it didn't go our way and we didn't like it, so it doesn't count. It's like, fuck off, cunt. Like, really, fuck off. Come I don't on. think I don't think any Test Match Australia's played in that we've lost counts. They don't count. They just don't count. I agree. Yeah. This don't count. So. And if you take out all Steve Smith's scores under 11, then he's better than Bradman. So, yeah. Better than everyone. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. But, um, yeah, and the other part of what they've been talking about over there is there's rumours circulating that they're going to try and make the ground smaller so that basketball will be even more effective against Australia's bowling attack. Because, um, now, for me, this just sounds like fucking fear is what this sounds like. They know our bowling attacks are with the best in the world, and they're not sure that they're ridiculous. We think it's T20 and white clothes approach is going to fucking work against proper bowling. So their answer is, let's bring the boundaries in so much when we get a top edge, we hit a six. Fuck off, country. You've already got grounds there with like 60-metre boundaries. The boundaries at the G are about 80. And you're talking about edge percent and that, that are like 60 metres. And you want to bring it in again. Fucking hell, mate. You want to play it in the backyard? You fucking... P-hearted cunts. Like, fuck a duck. The only way this strategy works is if they're allowed to put them back out when the Australians are batting. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. The, uh, aren't they also, or hasn't 
the English cricket team or organisation or whatever you want to call it requested really flat wickets as well. Yes, they have also mm. done that too. Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, well, well I, I look Travis forward headed. to never hearing any English person complaining about India's pitches ever again. Yeah. Yeah, or oh, doctoring. You call you call them doctoring in. Well, it is. The, the it teams is. told the groundskeepers to do what they want them to do. They've said you now to, need to produce... Um, flat wickets, so we can hit the ball and not have to worry about sideways movement. I like it. I like where your head's at. Oh, well, it is talk three. But, um, yeah. So Low dogs, is what I say. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on that before I move on to another thing? Uh, the Stu, Stu Broad's just been this pantomime villain guy again. It's, yeah, it's very, well, it's not very funny, it's sort of like annoying, but... That, that's very what it Glenn is. McGrath-esque, isn't it? I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. a little bit more pantomime Glenn McGrath was just this arrogant Australian. I suppose he was pantomime of the arrogant Australian. Uh, but Stu Broad's just, just that pantomime villain, putting on his little moustache and twirling it and going, nah, like that. She's a happy bowls of four the first ball with a twirly moustache. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a headband on, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll probably fucking get Dave Water out first, Nuri, so... Yeah, well, that actually leads me into my next one, Alex. So, ah. for those of you who play, who've been paying attention to a bit of social media in the last weeks or so, will notice that um, Candace Warner's been fucking everywhere. So she has signed some kind of deal recently with Fox Sports, and they've decided that they're going to get their value for money and put her fucking every fucking place they can. So she's on that back page show, which has got I think it's Tony Squires and a few of those other. More fucking northern states. Yeah, crash based the cricket wits all over it. Um, so she did the most... Uh, well, I can't think of the word I want to use, but she basically... They were talking about her husband and how he's not in good form and that, you know, he's probably going to struggle to keep his spot. And if he doesn't make runs in the first test, he's he's going to... There's a good chance that his ass is going to be on the line and all, all the things that everyone else is saying. And her response was... I don't have it written down here, but this is... I, I remember it as... This is about as well as I remember anyway. Her response was, yeah, we know that he struggles against Stuart Broad and Stuart Broad got him out something like 10 times in the last series. But who's better? Who's going to take his spot? It's like, for fuck's sake, love. Like, you're on here, on this TV show, and that's your response. You sound like a fucking bloke at the pub when someone (laughs) tells them their best player's not that fucking good. Yeah, who's going to take his fucking spot then? It's like, fuck off, bitch. Like, it's bad enough you... You take every chance you get to go on your radio shows, your TV shows, and you're defending this sawn-off little cunt who can't make a run to fucking save himself. But because you're married to him, all of a sudden now he's the best fucking player in the history of cricket. And your response to it is not, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's in a form slump. But, you know, he made a double ton in Brisbane, in Melbourne, which shows you can still do it. And the way he's been batting, we believe he's working on this now. He's going to get better. No, no, no. Your answer is, yeah, he's going to take his spot. It's like, fucking hell. Like, Jesus, give me a fucking spell. I've got a way to fix this. I've got a way to fix Australia's opening batting woes, fellas. Now, just go with me on this journey. All right. You know how in schoolyard cricket you have sort of your last man's tucker? So you've got to get all level. I reckon first man's tucker. (laughs) (laughs) We just have one opener, batting one out at the start, (laughs) and then one. Once he's out, three and four come in and start again. I fixed our batting ways, Ross. Don't sit there and give me that look. That's I fixed good. it. That's good. Yeah. 
Well, I, I thought agree. your plan was yeah. going to be for Marcus Harris to defo- to find a disgraced um, Iron Woman who slept with a random rugby league player in a toilet and marry her so he can get into the fucking test side. So your way's your way's a bit better than mine. Mine was a bit more roundabout, but yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a few options that are better than Warner to answer her question. You know, we've got – I know Cameron Bancroft didn't make the squad, but he made rounds on the shield. Yeah, he's available. There's Steve McGoffin. Yeah, yeah Steve McGoffin's available. <laughs> always available. Yeah. King Travis, he could open. King open already Especially eyes. if they're going to be flatties. If they're going to be flatties like they're saying they're going to be. He Mate, might the be right the true king of headball, I'm calling it. Trav ball. <laughs> King of scoring quickly in tests. But that's but that's the, if they're gonna create a situation that benefits them and their Baz ball approach, surely it's gonna benefit someone like Trav's head as well. Yeah, well fuck it, I was covered in a fucking six or five or whatever. The ball was fucking dead hmm. on these nude you know, flat pitches. Yeah, going absolutely nude. That's what Trav needs. Yeah, look, I the Candace Warner thing, I know she's got a book coming out, so she's probably just trying to get yeah, some publicity yeah. for that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous statement because there's probably a few people who are not maybe not better. Oh, they're probably better now, but as good at least. So, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, defending family and trying to sell a book and getting your money's worth on Fox Sports, you know? Whack, yeah, whack, whack, Fox are the outright there. Uh, method of getting ratings and stuff is outrage merchants. So yeah, it's, that's it's right. playing the part. But yeah, to answer a question, a few. Mm. Very a few are better. David. Yeah. And one of them's in the squad, so. Renshaw. Uh, Travis Head. Mark Sharris. Oh, King Travis, mate. King Travi. Yep, King Trav. Care Bear's probably better too. Um, yep. Uzi's better. Mitchell's better with the bat at the minute. Todd Murphy. There's a few blokes better than one with the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute crap. Scott Boland opened the batting, you yeah. beauty. All righty. Speaking of blokes playing cricket in England, we've got a little bit of our county cricket update. Just a few oh. Aussies. We're about five games in. There's a few Aussies that are doing okay. No one's really setting the world on fire, but... um. The one interesting one was uh, was Mick Nessa. So Mick Nessa scored a career best um, ninety runs in English conditions on his way Jesus. to break. Huh? Jesus. Yeah. So and in the process broke a ninety five year old record for Glamorgan in the county championship against Leicestershire. So Nessa became the second Australian to fall agonising short of a century in the match because um, Pete Hampton got rolled for ninety five off Nessa in this same match. Um, but it was um, his eight wicket run partnership with eight wicket, yeah, partnership with Chris Cook, which was worth two hundred and eleven. So they broke a one hundred. They broke a record that was set in nineteen twenty eight. The two fellas there. So well done to Mick Nessa. So um, sticking it up the selectors a bit after he got left out of the Ashes squad because he's still a bit dirty on that from a few articles I read. So good on him there. But he's um. Got a, um... He's got a first-class batting average of 26. It's not bad for a bowler. Yeah, he's, not, he's, he's, a, he's a handy bat. Like, he does stuff yeah. like – he'll get himself in a 100 to 150-run partnership every now and then in the shield as well. So, um, yeah, he's not yeah, he's, he's no mark the bat. Maybe he could open yeah. instead of Warner. So, yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so around just around the traps, checking on some other Aussies. 
There wasn't. I went through basically looked at the top tens and tw- about top ten, twenty wickets and run scorers in both divisions of the championship. And there weren't too many Aussies there, so I've written down the ones that grabbed my eye. So, um, the best of the Aussies with the bat so far, performance-wise, is Pete Hanscom, who's playing at Leicester. He got three hundred and two runs at a hundred point six six. He's made one Jesus. ton and a couple of fifties so far. Uh, second off is Marcus Harris, who's got two seventy-six and forty-six with a ton and a fifty. Uh, next up's all bowlers. So, uh. Ross's man, Nathan McAndrews, got 15 wickets at 20. Best bowling of 5 for 63. Uh, Kooneman, Matthew Kooneman, got 12 wickets at 22.5 with the best for a 5 for 53. It's a former Australian, now Englishman, DJ fucking damn Warrell, the old penis in the bitch, has got Oof. 16 <laughs> wickets at 18 with best bowling of 5 for 40. And the New South Welshman turned Victorian to a New South Welshman. Chris Tremaine has 13 wickets at 17.9, and he's got a five for, at 5 for 44 as well. Yes, Alexander? DJ Penis in the pitch, Dan Worrell, is also available for selection for England too, I think. So he's did his time or whatever to get over, over there. And... for them as well. So. Yeah, true. He's good at bowling on flat decks, so... I'm going to suggest he won't play a test for England. That's just me, though. Yeah, I'm going to suggest he won't play either. Um, he's just George available. Bailey picking the English side, he might get game. <laughs> All righty. Um, that about does it for what I've got prepared. So, Roscoe, you got a quiz for us, big Oh, well, that's the thing. Um, Careful. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have some good news about Patrick Dooley. And right. yeah, he signed for Tasmania, so a little bit of um, sizzle there oh, for us. Dooley, eh? Wow, Patrick Dooley. No, oh, actually, I was only joking. I do have a quiz for, of course, I do. Right, so of course he does. Yeah, of course he everyone, does. Everyone loves an Ashes tour tour, and um, as we've got nothing else to talk about because it's the worst month of the year for international cricket, the month of May, because the IPL's in full swing. So we, we love a good tour of England, and Australia's been highly successful since the 1989 tour. So what I've got for you this evening is, and a little bit think time for it, first day of the Ashes in England. You know, it's on at a good time to switch on the telly, and we want to see someone from England steaming in with the ball, bowling to two Australians. So I've gone through and researched who were the two opening batsmen in the first test <laughs> of each away Ashes series, 89, yeah. 93, 97, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2013. Then it got a little bit funky, 2015. I don't know why there was two really close together, but anyway. And 2019. So there's nine series there. So obviously there's 18 batsman in total mm-hmm. and so we just need to go through them the eight so, batsmen yes and nine bowlers no you don't worry about the bowlers oh, okay. nah, the, the, the answer to every one of the, the answer to the bowler was andrew caddy yeah? <laughs> so he was steaming in off his long run with in every the, single one with the uh, stone in his those shoe. 20 years andrew caddy every <laughs> <laughs> it won't go away the cunt yeah, that's it. <laughs> The same, look the same age the whole way through, too, yeah. 45. Yeah, we all know Darren Goff was always better at bowling the second over of the day, so he would never have ah, bowled. Yeah. It's good with a slightly roughed up Duke. Duke. Yeah. Yeah, after that first, Andy Catagove's gone for 20. It's got a few marks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, where do we start, off. Ross? Well, you can you can pick a series. Oh. Um, or, or you can just you can just name an opening pair and see if they fall into one of the um one of the series. I, you yeah. pick a series that we ask. How about that? And we answer. <laughs> you have no. I ask the question. <laughs> I'm the host. This is not your segment again. Sorry, sorry. I mixed up my words. I apologise. <laughs> right. So, well, we'll just get yes, David. Right? Shall we start at eighty nine? You can <laughs> work up or go 89 to 2013. Jump all around. I was just going to say random names and see if Ross said yes or no. But yeah. Was 89 Taylor and Marsh? Taylor and Marsh. Let's have a look. Australia won the first test by 210 runs, and it was Jeff Marsh and Mark Taylor. Well done. Oh. One day. One to was Ed Healy playing in that series? That's why Paul Definitely. Knows. Definitely. Yes, he did play. Yes. Yeah, that's why you know. And here's the top six for you. Marsh and Taylor, Boone and Border, Jones and Steve. Wall. So, Ooh, not, not surprising. Bad. They, not bad at all. All righty. So, um, on to the next player, which will be Alex. Uh, 1993, we moved on to. Oh, fuck. Ayla. Yes. And yep. Slater. Yes, yes. Well done. Fuck yeah. Shove yeah. it up, you fuck it ass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his first test, Michael Slater. Oh right, I, yeah. I think I remember because him and Brendan, song. Brendan Julian were, yeah, and so that was their got, first got, test together. Numbers back the front and fucked his tattoo up. Ah. That's it. Yeah. At the least of his worries, right about now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the top six there was Taylor Slater, Boone, Mark Waugh, Border, Steve Waugh. So I hadn't changed much in four years. Just Mark Waugh coming in and a new uh, opening partner for Mark Taylor. There we go. Well done, everybody. Thank you. Well done very well. Okay, over to Mick now. Mick, you've got to do 1997. 1997. Um, I'm going to say, I don't think, I have no faith in this at all. I'm going to well, say Taylor and Langer. No. Halfway there. Mark Taylor was the mainstay. Slater would have been the other one. No, this Ooh. is um, this is one of the times he was dropped. Taylor and Haydos. No, not Haydos. It's the other one floating around in that era. Not Herbie Elliott. It was Matty. Oh. And he had an excellent Ashes tour. He didn't start well in this first test at Edgbaston that Australia lost by nine wickets. Because Taylor made seven and Elliot made six and the whole team were bowled out for 118, but Shane Warne made 47 of them. Oh. So that was really bad. But uh, this is the series where Elliot made 199. Uh, Do you remember that? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, That's there you go. Before after he did his knee. Oh, just after. Um, yeah, I think it was his comeback. Oh, I think. okay. I can't remember. Yes, he to? did his knee in his second test. Oh, yeah, two thousand and one, Ross. We're up to two thousand and one. That was Hayden and Slater. Righty. Well, this is unusual because every other first test so far, Australia's batted first, but that one England batted first, and it was Slater and Hayden, as you said. Hey. And, then and then famously, Slater of course, was dropped. Yeah, for the fifth test. The fifth and then Langer was. Yeah, Langer yeah. was in then. Yeah, ah. and th this is the top seven. Oh, this is the 
11 for um, the, the fifth test, which is possibly the greatest ever Australian team. Taylor team. and Hayden, Ponting, Mark Waugh, Steve Waugh, Damian Martin, Adam Gilchrist, Shane Warne, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie, Glenn McGrath. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Pretty hard. Andy Pickle, 12th man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Well done, David. All righty. We head on now to the famous 2005 Ashes series. You'll get this one out surely. It's over to yeah. Alexander. Yes, uh, Hayden and Langer. Hayden and Langer. Let's double check. First test was at Lords, which is a New Australia one by 239 runs. Australia did bat first, and it was Langer and Hayden. Mm. Yes, well played, sir. Did Cadditch play in that game? Simon no. Cadditch did. Yes, yeah. he's batting six. at six. Yep. Yes, he did. Jeez. Mm. Gilchrist at seven, would you believe? Oh, Same wow. four bowlers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, who would have thought? Okay, uh, let's just check. Did Andy Caddick play? Mm, <laughs> no, he did not. No, oh, oh, Pebble got a bit too sore in his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Freak Pebble injury. <laughs> that was went off Harmison Jones, yes. maybe? Yeah. Yes, it was that famous lineup. And Giles at eight because he could bet a bit. That's right. <sighs> right. If we move on to the 2009 Ashes series, so over to Mick. And this one this you might remember is the one that started in Cardiff in Wales. Yeah, uh, yeah. One I think I know few. this one. Yeah. This is tough, I reckon. It's a bit of a transition team, this one. Mm, 2009. 2009. Is one Cadditch? Yes. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. Um, uh, fuck if I know. Um, Can I guess, Rob? Oh, before, yes. sorry, you go, Nick. No, no, you go. I was just going to guess random, so you just go. I, was Matthew Hayden still playing at this stage? No, he just retired, uh, and some okay. young buck came in and took his spot. Bill Jakes? No. Oh. Uh, uh, Marsh? No. Sean. Did, did Watson. Did Watson open this test with Cavage? Oh, no, later in the series he did. Oh, I thought he was on the next series over there. What's Not filthy Phil Hughes. It was Phil Hughes, ah. yes. Played the first two tests. Hughes and Cavage. Right. Yes. That was the test, you might remember, where Jimmy Anderson and yeah, Watson were draw. Yeah. Yeah, bowling line was pretty fucking poor. Like Hilfenhaus and Siddle or something, wasn't it? It was Hilfenhaus. Oh, <laughs> not Mitchell Johnson. Doug Bollinger. No, Hilfenhaus, Siddle and Horrocks. Oh, that's pretty Marcus North played his test. Marcus North's first yes, test. Yes, Marcus North made it. Made a test hundred. Yeah, yeah, 125 Oh, is that yeah. it? I thought they fucking had him. I had they batted for like half a day oh, or something. Graham Swan batted, or they, all the tail batted for over an hour nearly. 
Yeah, okay. 89 minutes, Stuart Broad 61 minutes, Graham Swan 73 minutes, Anderson 69 minutes. Mike oh, that might be 37. the big one. Anderson fucking 69 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time for him to bat. Yes. Yeah. Righty. Now we move on from 2009 to obviously 2013. And we roll around to David again. And it's pretty close to the 2015 series. Mm. I'm just going to go with Warner and Rogers. Oh, good one. Okay, let's see. Um, so Australia batted second, and it wasn't Dave Warner because you might, I think he got in a bit of trouble. That was the way he punched Root with the, uh, 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 had the, the fake beard. That was this era. Um, oh, so, so it's Watson. Yeah. Yeah. And Rogers? Watson and Rogers. And then yeah. at three, Ed Cowan. Oh, jeez. The Cowan era. We're really <laughs> the plummeting to low and low depths, isn't it? This, <laughs> this is a bit of a. Funny it was a bowling lot up again on this one. I just, well, it's Huge the first route. test. You might remember the first test of that series. There's a big score 61. No. It was Shane Watson, Chris Rogers, Ed Cowan, Michael Clark at four, Steve Smith at five, Bill Hughes back, batting at oh, six. Six? Yeah. Oh, Agar made 90. Yes. Agar oh. uh. top scored. Um, uh. So Phil Hughes is 81, not out. And then this is what the bowlers did and hadn't obviously hula hooping it. Yeah. One, Siddle one, Stark. Mitchell Stark played zero. Jimmy Pattinson played two. <laughs> and then Agar 98 to get him to 280. Yeah. But it was We dropped like catches and shit to throw this one away too, I reckon. Uh, the one where Broad doesn't walk, that was in this test. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the start of the pantomime villain. Yes, the start <laughs> of the pantomime. Yeah. Yes, whereas England, on the other hand, this has surprised me, just one of these names. Cook and Root opened. Oh, there you go. Uh, Jonathan Trott at three. Uh, yep. AP at four. Ian Bell at five. So pretty standard stuff. Johnny oh, Bester the... at six. Yeah, that's <laughs> where Johnny, where Jonathan Trott had to um, retire because he saw his shadow and got scared. Went home. No, nah, that was when he came to Australia. I know. It's funny, fucking. Ha! Corrected. Uh, this is the then, series when fucking Ian Bell was the difference between the two teams, wasn't it? He made about four hundreds for the series and. England maybe. didn't score a run besides him. Oh, well, he made 100 in this match and no one else yeah. made more than 60, so it sounds about right. Yeah. And <laughs> here we go. Stuart Broad made 65 in England's second innings, and I think that catch where he didn't walk was when he was on about 10. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this, by the sounds of it, this might be the series where Test Cricket jumped the shark if Ian Bell's fucking making runs. Yeah. So <laughs> he had like three great years, I recall. He's in work. his fucking Fonzie jacket, fucking water skis on. <laughs> the keeper was Matt Fryer, Big Cheese. Uh, yeah. And then the bowling lineup, Broad Anderson, Swan and Finn. Ah, uh, Finn. Finn, Steve Finn. Extremely tall, Steve Finn. 2015. Yes, let's move on. Two years later, round to Alex, I believe it is. Okay. Rogers. Oh, Okay. Is it? Oh, no, I'm asking. Oh, yeah, it is. Now, you've got to go partnership. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking. I know definitely oh, with okay. him. Well, we're back to Carter for the first test, if that helps. 
Miles? Is it Rogers and fucking um Watson? No. Nah. Yeah. Rogers and Warner. Oh, yeah, Warner, fucking Warner. hell. Fucking hell, Gin, it's that fucking obvious not funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was fucking full of confidence. The bloke is <laughs> opening the bat for a straight for like yeah. fucking 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't missed a game apart from being <laughs> run out for being a fucking cheat. Which was we covered off in the last. Oh, yeah, that one too. All right, let's go. Over to Mick. That was embarrassing. Moving on. Uh, just quickly one here. Oh, so sorry. Rogers and Warner. Smith and Clark, Voges, and batting at six was Shane Watson. There you go. And this is um, the bowling attacks looking very familiar here. Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon, and Mitchell Johnson. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Alrighty. So that's a fair while ago, 2015, at Stark, Hazelwood, and Lyon. That's the series that Clark retired in, I'm pretty sure. Yes, he announced he was no longer playing test cricket because he'd been dropped from playing test cricket. <laughs> All righty, over to Michael for the 2019 Ashes. Um, so 2019. Is that Harrison Usman? The first test was in Birmingham, and no, it wasn't. Usman Khawaja batted three. Oh. Ooh. Fuck. Harris Warner. No, nah, I think it was, wasn't he suspended for cheating. Yeah, I thought Warner's rubbish. No. Oh, was that that no. year? Just no, it, no, 2019, they're all back. Oh, uh, so Harris was Yeah. No, it was Warner and Bancroft. Oh, boo! Oh, of course it was Bancroft. Bancroft. That was the first series That's back, right. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fuck let him back in? Fuck did, he, did he just play the first test and then Harris uh, came in? Yeah, I think he might have played the first two and then. Yeah. Harris played the next three. Mm-hmm. So it was Bancroft, Warner, Kawaja, Smith, Head, and you might remember this, Matthew Wade batting at six. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Made two hundreds that series. One yeah, in the, the first, Tim, test, one in the last, I'm pretty sure. That, Tim Payne. It shocks me that Bancroft come back in because he wasn't that good of a player just to come back from suspension and go back in the side. No, no but like. Warner's had something like 13 opening partners. They've struggled to find a consistent mm. bloke from the... Yeah, who wants to battle that cunt for a long time? Fucking hell. <laughs> to talk to him all the time. Oh god! Having to go up to him and actually pretend he's batting well and tell him, "Oh, that's a good shot." Fuck me! No thanks. <laughs> yeah. this, this um England's batting lineup was interesting. It just made me laugh because the first name I see is Rory Burns. Oh, oh. <laughs> to the Caribbean haircut oh, and fucking technique. <laughs> he's screwing his head around everywhere. Like a Thunderbird. Jack Sparrow fucking burns. Fucking shit. That was one of your better quizzes, Ross. Yeah, I thought that wasn't bad. And I thought of it uh, as you were talking about Warner. <laughs> there we go. I like that you told me two days ago you had a quiz and you made one up there. <laughs> so I appreciate that as somebody's trying to plan our fucking podcast. The great thing about this podcast is I could do a segment for about Twenty minutes that no one else talks in, and they can all just go away and do research. So. <laughs> I didn't do any research. I just thought of it and then just googled it. Lucky we went in order because then I could just open one tab at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Meticulously planned as usual, Ross. That's it. You know me. Uh, that's fantastic. All righty. Um, that about does us. So, has anyone got any listener feedback? Other than this bit of hype around the live episode um, yeah. that's coming up. You guys hyping up our live episode on the weekends. Like, 
for fuck's sake. Yep, live at the Athenaeum Theatre, uh, Sydney. So make the uh, pilgrimage up. Um, I'll be getting a party bus. Getting a party bus up. So it'll be $17,000 a head for the party bus to cover the cost of the Athenaeum Theatre. That's if we get three people to come. Sounds like my podcast will be breaking at $1.99, I think. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be driving the bus. So, two twos off on board. We leave you from Fed Square, transport at Fed Square. First toilet stop is Albury. You've got to yeah. hang on to the. Drive bring your adult the, diapers with you. Drive past the giant submarine, wherever the fuck that is. Holbrook. Holbrook. Submarines in a hole next to a brook. So there you next go. to a babbling brook. Inland city, 1,000 kilometres from the coast, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what a place. Yeah. Well, oh, no, listen to feedback, Don. Yeah. Oh, really? No other yeah. listener feedback? I, I just I've got some um, final thoughts here, Mick, if we're on to that. Yeah, so obviously it's that time of year when um, cricket clubs have different functions on. Um, they might have had something traditional like a presentation evening. Came across my desk a local uh, sporting club's uh, social calendar, and I just wanted to run a few of these ones past you guys to see if you thought they'd be a, a winner or a, not a winner, and also if you had any in your vast experience of things like the Ocean Grove iPod Shuffle Night the other night that yep. you've experienced that have been either highs or lows on the local sporting club social calendar. So they kick off with what I think is, is uh, you know, not starting off with a bang. They start uh, with curry night. Oh, good. Love a curry night, sure. Okay. Um, That's about every second Thursday at my footy club with our fucking <laughs> yeah. I've eaten more buttered chicken since I started coaching the Magoos and I had my entire fucking life, mate. I have butter chicken every fucking third week. Like, Branch geez, out. Have beef madras or something. Lamb uh, sark me. Give us, have a pakora. That's all I fucking <laughs> cook, mate, is butter chicken. Oh, right, okay. There were a lot of country um, kids. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one is mid-season ball. So, oh, great. It's always yeah. a winner, the ball. At, yeah. at a cricket club? Yeah, it's just a sporting club. No, no, it's, no it's, a, it's not a cricket club. Yes, oh, okay. well, there's never worked for cricket, not enough people. Oh, because, well, they have Christmas function, don't they? Yes, yeah. not a ball, not going out to a venue to... Okay, now this one, I'd be interested in your feedback on the next event they've got coming up. Ten-pin bowling. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've done a little bit I've of that. I've done that before, clubs. Yeah. before you club. Yeah. It was a good day because it yeah. was just up the road from where I lived. So I could yes, there. I think I lived with you then. It was yes. very close. Anyway, um, the next one is, this is in um, uh, the 29th of July. I don't know exactly what it means, but maybe you guys will know. Krampus in July. Not Christmas in July, but the German Father Christmas is so called Krampus. Yeah, isn't Krampus like oh. the evil Santa? He, he like murders children or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no wonder. Maybe it's come along and you murder some. Hmm. Okay, so I didn't know what that meant, but now you've enlightened me. I think that's that Fraser McGurk plays footy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have um, Coaches and Sponsors Night. Some sponsor gets there and just gets blind and makes a dick of himself. <laughs> he keeps giving the club money to keep everyone quiet. Yep. That's where you sign your sponsorship deals, about 12.30 <laughs> that night. Yeah. One On sober barman slash president goes, ah, sign up for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Add a zero to the end of the number. 
blank check. Yeah. I'll slide this number across the table, and then you can write your number and slide it back across the table. And just he has the pantomimes of a mustache showing off and doing these yes. <laughs> Understanding. Next one is trivia night. The staple. No, never heard of that. What's that? What's that about? No, I don't know. Only if it's some shit like fucking bogan trivia or some shit oh, we'll have to get yeah. people up. Uh, pull your pants down and act like you're in Van Halen. Fuck <laughs> off. Just give me questions. I have been to a couple of ones like that. I then stopped going to trivia. Yeah, stupid. Some people find that stuff, but I don't. I, I'd rather go to one where I was completely out of my depth, I think, and be like, oh, I can only scratch together two or three answers out of yeah. You haven't got plastic buckets to put your phones in, you trivia night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're talking to the greatest trivia master yes. of all time. Always yeah. some um, Transformers questions in there, Mick. And it's always, always a good one when the, when the when the female half of the trivia night comes up to you afterwards and goes, there's too many sporting questions. That was shit. It's like, okay, yeah. no worries. We're in a footy club, but thanks for your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the trivia night I went to at a football club involved a lot of selling of giant framed football oh, oh, We had one of those at the oh. club a few years back where they bring one of these outsider companies yeah. That's how they make their money back, but not with their creep club fucking board in the thing. Oh, yeah, jeez. No, they love to purchase in those giant frames of Buckley 200. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Let the grass. Have any wrestler jocks framed up, Ross? <laughs> no, no, but That's where the real money is. is. You got to have wrestler jocks framed yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll pass that on. Superiors. <laughs> the next one is um, the $1,000 draw. Uh, staple. This one, this one goes from two p.m. to two thirty p.m. So it's a little bit different. Two fifty, two thirty. Bloody hell! Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. when you get your thousand bucks in the, at fucking two o'clock in the morning. You just fucking spend all over the bar straight away. So, Flanagan's <laughs> half hour of power. So, I oh, see. I was working on twelve and a half hours. See, my mind went right to the. <laughs> the uh, so. Free piss, I assume, Ross. Free Just piss. for that half an hour. It's a pound down six pints in half an hour. Yeah, well, if you can manage it, yeah. But Walk your go well. Splitting yeah. headache. That's um, it, yeah. Beer, wine, so, and soft drink, though. She can drink two litres of cola if you want. <laughs> Either way, you've got a headache when you walk yeah, home. Um, one other question. So it's not a reverse raffle. It's a $1,000 draw. Because I don't reckon you could read out 200 names in half an hour. Very good point. Just uh, charcuteries and party pies provided, I assume, something along those lines. Doesn't say. Just says free beer, wine, finger food, and soft drink. Finger food. We're still recording. <laughs> this, is, this is the pre yeah, nights in there, obviously, but it's only the second last date on the calendar because the last date on the calendar is just says mystery bus. Oh, fuck it. Oh, mystery bus. Mystery bus sounds good. Sounds better than flight night where you pretend to be in an airplane and get served drinks. <laughs> then you land in Mexico and drink tequila and get back yeah. in the plane. Mystery bus <laughs> is, a, uh, is a footy club staple. Up my yeah. way, they love a good mystery bus store. Where does it normally go, Mick? From Nile West to Nile? <laughs> the yeah. Then we went, I think we go across the river to uh, Coralie and then we go, where do we go? <laughs> Maybe it's a mystery. <laughs> All the fucking big sites. 
I was just thinking, like, you get out, you're like, are we still in there? No, it's, it's, uh, it's the Grand Hotel, not the Terminus. So we must be in a different place. No, it doesn't it's exactly have a pub. the same. No, it doesn't have a pub because they're a bunch of scumbags. I think Nora West has a pub. Fucking Nora. Fucking nice. No stock bark at night or whatever it's called. Uh, no, I didn't have uh, stock we had, Yeah, our footy club that. We had the stock exchange the other week. That's it. Love a good stock exchange. Shops of dinner cheap, pile in, boys. Oh, right. Yeah, so the price of drinks changes throughout the night. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> the poor <laughs> Unis dream, just drink whatever's cheap. One big night <laughs> down the Bellarine and Surf Coast is the golf ball drop. So yeah, huge. put a pin in the middle of the oval, golf pin, and fly a helicopter with, and you can buy a golf ball for, I don't know, 400 bucks or something, and they drop what, 200 golf balls onto the ground, and whoever's closest wins the Big prize. Not like a reverse raffle. That's a good one. Yeah, but just with the cost of a helicopter involved. So. <laughs> There's a footy club near me that every year has a boat raffle, so I don't know how that works. Jesus. Ah. A lot of footy clubs do the cow lotto as well, where they fucking uh, yeah. mark out That's... the ground and wherever the cow takes a shit, that number wins. <laughs> Great. Great one. Yeah. The firewood raffle, you never get the firewood. Because you don't to get a trailer to file to you, so no, I'll just raffle again next week. Yeah. <laughs> right, eh? Oh, right. That's good. Good stuff, Ross. Go. Good final yeah. thought, Ross. Oh, it's one of your better ones. Those are one, one of the longer down. ones, anyway. There's a number of thoughts there. But that yeah. was... <laughs> All right, I think that'll do us for Humans. episode 196. So only four oh. more to go for those playing at home. So oh, uh, yes. we're closing four in on the... 200 mighty fasts. So, Live episode at the Athenaeum. Tickets now on StubHub. Get them on StubHub. <laughs> All righty. Uh, that'll do us here. So uh, thank you. Fuck you. Bye-bye, everybody. We were worried about content. We probably didn't need Alex's around the grounds, did we? We never no. need Alex's around the grounds. Thank you.